Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pro Football Doc Week 8 NFL Podcast. I'm your co-host, Thomas Casali, here with uh, Pro Football Doc, Dr. David Chow. Doc, how are we doing today? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I mean, in, in the old days, we'd be halfway through the season. Now we're almost halfway through. We got 17 <laughs> games for the first time ever this year. Uh, some injuries mounting up here, Doc. It was an interesting week because a, a lot of teams were on a bye. So we didn't have as many games as usual, which means not as many injuries. But the one we're leading off with, Doc, it's a big one. Patrick Mahomes, the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, took a brutal, vicious hit on Sunday. What are you seeing with Mahomes? Do we have to worry about him missing Monday night's game against the Giants? Well, look, as we monitored from the command center, he looked like he took a pretty good shot here on the video. You can see here how slow he is to get up and, and to a large extent unsteady, right? So you have to assume that that's a concussion. Uh, however, it turns out he was cleared. So here's the play, and he gets his head snapped back. And uh, believe it or not, his neck is going to be fine there. Here's a better view. He gets hit in the leg. Hit, the leg, the thigh hits him in the face mask. Head steps back. And he's clearly unsteady as he comes off the field, which is why there's no way he's going to return to the game. But interestingly enough, he was cleared, and he was not in the concussion protocol at all. How do we know that? We tweeted real time, look, he's on the sideline still of the game. And later, uh, Andy Reid said it was coaching decision, but you cannot be on the sideline of a game uh, if you're in the concussion protocol. You're required to be removed from the sideline. That was sign number one. Sign number two is he actually spoke to media after the game. And he said he wasn't in the concussion protocol. You cannot speak to media if you're in the concussion protocol. And look, I'm not sure what happened. Thomas, I would still request lobby the NFL to make the independent neuro available to one pool reporter, or at least give a statement and say, this is what we saw. We went through this with Devontae Adams, right? Mm -hmm. Just clear it up. Just say, this is what we saw. Transparency. This is transparency. This is what it is. And nobody thinks that the Chiefs or the Independent Neuro or the NFL, at least I don't think that there's any shenanigans. This was a Tennessee area local Independent Neuro. Was he trying to game the system in some way for Patrick Mahomes, the visiting team? I don't think so. I think there's a good explanation why they felt he didn't have a concussion. But the fact is, he's not in the concussion protocol. So there's really no worry for next week's game, Monday night against the Giants. Yeah, and I know that, the Doc, the odds makers have no worry because the Chiefs opened up as a 10-point favorite against the Giants. Mahomes, obviously, one of the quarterbacks worth the most to the point spread, roughly six, seven points. So that spread would not be 10 if odds makers didn't think Mahomes was starting Monday night. Another quarterback, Doc, who isn't quite in Patrick Mahomes' league yet, but important, rookie Zach Wilson for the Jets. Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't have good news like you gave for Mahomes. Uh, you, Doc, i got to give you credit. You nailed this right from the start before the information came out, before the beat reporters had, had it. PCL strain, as you said, from the command center right when it happened. Give us some uh, information on Zach Wilson. Well, Thomas... 
That's really our strength, right? We're in the command center, we're monitoring all the videos, we have all, all the guys here, and in game, um, the only source is the video. Uh, and uh, the video is what we're good at analyzing. That's what I did for 17 years uh, every Monday morning when I was with the Chargers. And the video is, is the first thing that you see in in-game. That's all that you have. And I saw there was a lot of chatter about, uh, because people saw the video where he exited the game, they didn't see a lot. And they said it might have been on the play before, uh, maybe a dirty hit or whatever. And the play before didn't look dirty to me. He was hit low, but he was hit on the left leg. Clearly, Zach Wilson exited on the right knee. And if you run the video here, you see him drop back to pass, flushed out by Matt Judon. He lets the ball go and uh, uh, gets a pass interference. But in the follow-through, Matt Judon takes him down on his right knee. You see it on the replay here. Matthew Judon, legal hit to the torso, follows through, and Zach Wilson lands directly on his right knee, on a flexed right knee. And based off of that, that's where... Uh, that was the PCL mechanism. I get it. As you look at this video in the podcast, it's not a lot, but sometimes there isn't a lot. And it's based off that video that we said PCL sprain. PCL, posterior cruciate ligament, is one of the four ligaments in the knee. Thankfully, it does not need surgery. It's been confirmed now as a PCL. And even our two to four week timeline was confirmed. And this is how we piece together information. This uh, tweet from Connor Hughes, I think, uh, quoted uh, uh, Zach Wilson as saying uh, it feels off and it felt loose and even he felt a pop and those are signs of at least a grade 2 PCL because if it's a grade 1 your knee doesn't feel loose so that's why we said grade 2 and that he'd miss a minimum of two weeks the next two games they play the following Sunday and then Thursday he's out for those for sure but he easily could get put on injured reserve still and missed the third game. It's a two to four week timeline for a grade two PCL. Of course, everyone's a little different. You gotta look at associated damage. I haven't seen the MRI, but the news I'd say is actually good because it could have been a lot worse. It's a major ligament sprain. And yes, a sprain is a tear, partial tear. And at least the season's not over and there's no surgery. Yeah, and if you Doc, you had a video up pretty quickly on this, um, given your time frame for Zach Wilson. Uh, make sure, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want these videos quickly, uh, at ProFootballDoc on Twitter, go to ProFootballDoc.com. We have it up quickly, all the injury information. You know, Doc, and I will just say this one thing, being a lifelong Cowboys fan, you probably remember, Troy Aikman's first year he got injured. Uh, Troy said, that's the best thing that ever happened to him because the team was so bad and he was getting killed, he was starting to lose his confidence. And he said actually getting injured helped him because he didn't have, you know, he didn't play out the rest of the season. The Jets are so bad right now and Zach's getting killed. I, I don't know if this is the worst thing in the world. You know, let Mike White go in there, take some pounding for a month. Let Zach Wilson come back at the end of the season, get some reps. Um, but that team has not gotten any better. So hopefully next year he'll have some more protection. Yeah, and, and, and that's an interesting point um, to have this sort of timeout because to bench a young guy, that's a blow psychologically mm -hmm. and otherwise. But with the injury, uh, that's part of the reason where 
I'm not surprised. Actually, I probably would be surprised if he doesn't go on injured reserve, uh, partly for what you're saying, because no offense to Zach Wilson, but this is not Patrick Mahomes. This is not Aaron Rodgers. This is not Tom Brady. Let's say he makes a very, very quick recovery, okay? And remember, recovery is not like a light switch where you're 100% one day and the day before you couldn't do anything. So it's a little bit gradual. And then he's going to have two weeks off in the best-case scenario, then practice the one week and jump right back in. I mean, there's preparation, there's game shape, there's timing, there's rust. I mean, he's a young guy. And then you talk about the team around him and his left tackles being hurt and, and, and other issues. It may be the best thing in the world for him to get put on injured reserve and take his time to come back, take the minimum three weeks, and, uh, and go from there. And as you taught me, Doc, since I've been here, uh, teams know how to hide injuries and not how to hide behind injuries. If, if they want him to take a little you know, further time off, uh, those teams have mastered how to do it. Yeah, and, and, and it's logical. When you're in the building, I mean, you really take everything into consideration. And what you're talking about here, I guarantee you they're having private conversations to that effect. Mm -hmm. In other words, uh, look, they're not saying force him to sit out when he's healthy. They may be saying, look, why put him through this punishment unless he's 100%? So let's wait for him to get to 100% as opposed to play him when he's at 85 but if it's Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, you're playing him at 85%, right, and, uh, and so forth. But maybe this kid, you really want him to be 100% for his own good and for the good of your franchise. Well, Doc, uh, an injury hurt around the fantasy world this week that came out of nowhere, Darren Waller for the Raiders. I'm going to be interested to hear your thoughts on this. I know we don't have any video. It happened in practice. But um, it's reported that he had a he has a strained inner side of the ankle and heel. He was tripped by a teammate, apparently. I, I don't think I've ever heard of this. Uh, can you give us some analysis on this injury and how long Waller could be out with it? Well, it happened at practice, and there's no video, right? And we do best when there's video. But reading mm -hmm. between the lines in terms of the announcements and other things, first of all, this is not a high ankle sprain. Uh, you don't have that much contact in practice. Uh, yeah, he's not in a red jersey, but you're not taking people to the ground. You're not rolling up on essentially your team's best player's ankle in a high ankle sprain fashion. That's why they say in practice, stay on your feet. Don't go to the ground, right? Uh, more injuries happen. I don't see this as a high ankle, even though I saw some speculation on the Internet. And the high ankle is a syndesmotic sprain anyways. This a medial ankle sprain, heel. Look, I thought there still was a chance that he could play this Sunday. And with the Raiders with the bye week, I'm very confident that Darren Waller will play the next opportunity that he has. I mean, uh, if I remember correctly, he was seen on the sideline there. And as he was seen on the sideline standing, walking around during the game. So I think it bodes pretty well that uh, Waller will be there. All right, good news for fantasy owners. Doc thinks good chance Waller plays this week. Doc, a team that's really surprising to me is, is the Miami Dolphins. You know, I thought they were a playoff team, but even if you didn't, I mean, they're awful. I don't think anybody thought they were going to be quite this bad. Uh, now some of the injuries mounting up. Uh, Jalen Waddle, Doc, hurt his ankle this week. Uh, just uh, another blow for a team where nothing's going right this season. Uh, is he going to be out for an extended period of time? We'll see about swelling. He stayed in the game. I mean, I thought his... 
his ankle was trapped for a potential mild high ankle sprain on a blocking play, but he came back and stayed in the game. So hopefully he doesn't have any swelling uh, going forward. Uh, I'll feel better if he's full practice on Wednesday. Uh, until then, we'll reserve judgment. So can you just talk about that quick? Uh, because it actually happened in the youth football game I was at this weekend where someone uh, hurt their ankle and, uh, you know, the coach was saying, no, don't ice it. We don't want the swelling if, it, you know, get him back in there. And before, you know, before it, not, he wasn't really injured, but, you know, but it made me think of you and, the, and kind of the ankle stuff. I mean, the kid's fine, but that's a good point, right? Because when you hurt your ankle, sometimes guys go back into the game but then they're out the following week. Can you kind of explain that process a little bit? Well, you mean what your coach there is saying is the old uh, inversion ankle sprain playing basketball, tie, tie your height tops a little bit tighter and, and stay out there because once you take your shoe and sock off, it swells. And that's what we saw with Saquon Barkley, right? It swelled immediately. Not that it was the wrong thing to take your shoe and sock off and examine him, but they can swell. And so uh, it all depends on, you know, what we say always is the first thing is to get a diagnosis. What is it before you figure out how to treat it? In general, ice is the first thing to reduce swelling, but if you do ice, that means you're out of the game as opposed to keep it warm. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, the kid was fine and everything's fine. But uh, uh, first thing is a diagnosis always. Yeah, and the, the kid didn't have an ankle sprain. It was just I, I thought of you during that, and, I, and then I saw the, the injury and Waddle coming back, and it made me think, uh, you know, it's interesting because sometimes these guys go back in the game, but then they're out the following week. So like you said, we'll have to follow the Dolphins' practice report and see what happens. One that could be an ankle that could be a little bit more serious, Doc. Uh, well, I get it, it's serious for Miles Sanders. The, the Eagles don't use them, so I guess it won't be serious for them. It'll just be business as usual. It, it's odd the way they're using Miles Sanders this year, but an elite running back in the NFL, ankle injury, do you think he's going to miss some time? I do, and, and the ironic thing is they actually started to use him in this game against the Raiders, and then he got hurt here. And uh, if you play the video here of his injury, you'll see he turns his right ankle right about there. Inversion ankle sprain. Very similar to what Saquon Barkley did. But of course, Saquon was his left ankle. This is his right ankle. And Saquon stepped on a foot. This was just the turf. Um, look, it's not as bad as it looked because he got carted off, right? We always say judge the injury, not the reaction to the injury. I'm not calling Matt, uh, uh, Miles Saunders soft that he needed to take the cart. You know, in that stadium, maybe the x-rays further away, maybe it was more convenient, whatever the reason. Um, the cart off it did not signify a fracture. I had a beat reporter uh, text me and say, what do you think, is it a fracture? I said, no, it's just an ankle sprain. He goes, yeah, but he took the cart, but, and then he thought it was big news that he was going to report that the x-rays came back negative. And I was like, yeah, we know the x-ray is negative. He's not going to break his ankle there. Um, and, but this is a good beat reporter, too. But in any case, it's an ankle sprain, grade two inversion ankle sprain. Um, very tough to play next week. Might miss two weeks. Um, the threshold is hoping to stay just under that IR timeline. But similar to Saquon Barkley's ankle sprain not a high ankle sprain. Doc, the other starting running back in that game, Josh Jacobs, left with a chest injury. We don't have, really have a lot of video on that, but I want to ask you a question about some of these guys who are always injured. 
You know, I remember a, a player named Beanie Wells for the Cardinals used to be injured all the time. And one time he had kind of an ankle injury and the coach was upset that he didn't play. And I know you had mentioned LT to me in that AFC championship game about pain tolerance. Is sometimes this more pain tolerance with players and actual injuries? Well, it's hard to paint with a broad stroke. That's like saying every knee injury is the same, every concussion is the same, or every running back or every quarterback is the same, right? I mean, uh, for that reason, that thing, every doctor is the same. Everyone's a little bit different, and you have to look at the individual circumstances about an injury. And uh, to make these sweeping blank statements, uh, uh, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. So uh, in terms of injury-prone, I don't love that designation. To me, an injury-prone, okay, let me give you an example since you brought up LT. And I'm going to say this about, first of all, as they say, you don't want to follow John Wooden at UCLA. You want to follow the coach that followed John Wooden. Mm -hmm. You don't want to follow Bill Belichick in New England. You want to follow the coach that followed Bill Belichick, okay? You don't want to follow LT. And um, Ryan Matthews had the misfortune mm -hmm. of following LT. And let me tell you, that kid, he laid it out there on the line 110% every week. And the general public has no idea the number of injuries that he played through. One that was pretty public, he broke his collarbone, his clavicle, walked over the sideline like it was nothing. And I think he got grief for being soft because he took himself out of the game. I mean, he finished the run, he broke his collarbone. And because he came back literally missing only two games after surgery and played, people thought it was a nothing injury publicly, right? And the reality, it was a broken collarbone, and he played through. But Ryan, like, there were a number of those injuries where he got sort of blamed because the truth wasn't out there. So I don't put tags on people as injury-prone or what have you. And to follow up, you know, LT was so special that, think of it this way as a boxer. If you're a overmatched boxer in a match in order to win you've got to throw some punches from your heels and try and connect but that also leaves you exposed to being counterpunched lt was so good that he was hitting all the holes and he had a fifth gear and that fifth gear or that or stop at the last second so you didn't have a clean shot on him Emmett Smith did the same thing. Walter Payton, I saw, did the same thing. You never got a clean shot on him, so they never took a shot. Whereas another running back that may not be as skillful or is not as talented may be giving his all, and there is no fifth gear to avoid that hit, the split second, to turn that shoulder, to duck down, because you're going 110% to gain that extra yard. Whereas LT could do it so effortlessly he had something left to avoid that hit. So I just think it's unfair to make broad strokes like that. Yeah, and that's great insight, Doc. Guys like LT, Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, Marshall Falk, much tougher to hit than guys like Ryan Matthews and Josh Jacobs who take you know vicious hits in the NFL that, that, that can add up. The, the good news for Jacobs is the team gets a bye, then plays the Giants in Week 9. So we'll see what happens, but uh, Week yeah, off. Yeah, and, 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 and the... And the better news is that uh, 
we went back when he was announced with a chest because we didn't see anything in the command center here. We went back and looked at all the plays. We didn't see anything. Uh, we had uh, one guy said, "Oh, maybe it was the the, the chest bump with uh, Henry Ruggs or something," and it wasn't. It was, you know, he turned shoulders. We actually didn't see an injury to the chest. Maybe it happened much earlier. But the bottom line is, not seeing something sometimes is good news. That and and with the buy, we have reasonable confidence that Jacobs will be back. Okay. Well, a, a team that's an absolute shambles right now uh, is the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Sam Darnold, I want to get your thoughts on this ankle injury, Doc, because he was replaced at the end of the third quarter by P.J. Walker. I mean, they were getting beat pretty badly. Matt Rule's already come out and said that Darnold will start next week. Did you see anything on video that would suggest either A, he won't start, or B, that the Panthers could hide behind the injury? Well, I mean, they could hide behind the injury. He did get his ankle rolled up on. I think it was his left ankle, correct, Jacob? And we posted on that in-game at profootballdoc.com. We tweeted on it, which is, you know, watch out and see what happens with swelling. And I'm not sure it was the ankle that knocked him out of the game. It was probably the score, and uh, it was unwinnable, and they were uh, uh, protecting him. And, uh, you know, P.J. Walker didn't fare any better uh, either at that point in time. So it makes sense. Yeah, the Carolina Panthers are in a shambles because they don't have Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's just the difference maker. He's a three-down back, and he's the difference maker. And without him, it's it's been tough. Their defense is still pretty good. Heck, they hung with the Giants. It was a baseball score five to three in the first after the first half of the game. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you got to have balance. I mean. Uh, Sam Darnold alone isn't going to to do it. Heck, look at the great Patrick Mahomes struggling a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire not being there is that the only reason? I mean, you got to have a team around you, and uh, you know, the Chiefs have five new offensive linemen, right? And uh, uh, you know, it's it's the game's hard is the bottom line. All right, well, a tight end doc who's hurting in New England, uh, Jonu Smith, shoulder injury, uh, you know, came back into the game but didn't really use the right arm to block. Uh, do you think he'll start this week against the Chargers? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, um, knowing Bill Belichick a little bit, I mean, he's the he's the wizard behind the curtain, right, uh, kind of deal. First of all, the vid- injury to Jonu Smith, uh, on a pass play, he fell on his right shoulder, believe he has an AC joint sprain. Now, to his credit, he came back in the game and stayed in the game, but there were a couple plays that literally he was blocking with one arm, only his left arm, and he was holding the right arm at, at his side, and then he finally came out. My suspicion is that, uh, look, they've got Hunter Henry, they've got Jonu Smith, they're both good, and who used to play for the Chargers? I mean, Hunter Henry, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, how the wizard dials things up. One week it's this guy and one week it's this guy. Uh, Might be a Hunter Henry week. I mean, he loves those motivation ploys, as you know. He's playing against his ex-team. And uh, John Smith hasn't been there, you know, his whole career. So he's still new to the Patriot way and system. If he doesn't really get in practice because he's got the AC joint sprain, I don't think he's going to get that many targets. Uh, this is not, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey going DNP and playing in the Chiefs offense, right? I mean, they've got another good tight end, and uh, he's new to the system. And, you know, I don't see him perhaps playing, and even if he does, it's going to be a reduced role. 
Right, one more uh, interesting injury doc to mention, uh, only because of the, the depth uh, of, a, of a bad team. Uh, Jamian Sherwood, Achilles, he's out for the season uh, with the Jets. He's their backup middle linebacker who's filling in for C.J. Mosley. We talked about Zach Wilson. You don't want to make excuses for teams, but to be fair to the Jets, they suffered a lot of injuries heading into the season, uh, on, especially on defense. They've had more throughout the year. They're playing the red-hot Bengals next week. They're getting nine points. Listen, I, I got a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of red on the Jets' six score, Doc. Uh, you, make well, sure you come to profootballdoc.com to, to see that Jets-Bengals game. Well, if you go to the six score and the field view from this last week, week seven here, um, we looked at the Jets, and you know, besides their rush ends being out from preseason, all three of the linebackers out. And C.J. Mosley is key in that defense. And we said from very early on that didn't think he would play, and he was ruled out. And, you know, if you look at the field view right there, all three linebacker spots are out. And now depth at middle again. It remains to be seen if C.J. Mosley can return. It's pretty hard to be a sideline-to-sideline linebacker with with the hamstring issue, et cetera. And uh, what happened there? I mean, Damian Wilson got over, uh, Damian Harris got over 100 yards on uh, not that many carries, and the, and the Patriots rushed for almost a buck 50. And that was one of our uh, outkick selections, right? We went 4-1 four and, four and one this week, 9-1 uh, and one the last two weeks, looking at unseen, unanticipated injury advantages, hidden injury advantages. And one of them was the Jets and their linebacker core. And sure enough, we, for our six scores, team six scores, we thought that's setting up to be an over game. The, the line was, I think, 42 and a half, and the Patriots put up a 50-burger alone. I mean, they hit the over just alone there, and that was one of our uh, several easy games of the week in terms of our analysis. Uh, but as I keep saying to you, Thomas, we're not touts trying to pick games we're trying to look at hidden injury advantages and look if you already like the over and you see what we say maybe you put more units on the over right if you like the under schematically for some reason you see what we say maybe you hold off right i mean uh, make your own decisions but use profootballdoc.com and the field view and six score as a tool for you uh, to do stuff and we've got guys here that features that we're going to roll out here soon where uh, they're hitting a, a lot of prop bets, uh, making prop predictions based off the field view and six score information in terms of what's out there. So like I said, it's a tool to reinforce your opinions or a tool to perhaps tell you to have caution with a, a certain opinion you might have. Yeah, Doc, and before we leave here uh, this week, I, I did want to bring that up. Four and one you mentioned this week. Listen. I'm a better, right? I've been betting for over 30 years, big money. So when I came here and you told me about this, you know I'm always going to be skeptical about something like this because I want to see it in action. I'm not somebody who's going to shovel crap to people about betting because they're talking about losing money. But last year you got you killed it, right, on, on the five games. This year off to a great start again on the five games. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. One of the things I've started to learn to do here, 
is look at those offensive lines, right? You just talked about the Jets. Well, now they're down to their third linebacker. Or are they playing somebody who's going to run the ball? So it's more than just, I think, just looking to see if Baker Mayfield is playing. Or, you know, we, we know Baker Mayfield is out. We know how important that is. I look for more of that depth stuff, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, corner. And I think that really helps people gauge the health of, the health of these teams when they're making a bat or, you know, starting a fantasy player. Yeah, and, and, and here's what we, we say, okay? Um, let's look at tonight's game, the Saints versus the Seahawks. Everybody knows Russell Wilson's not playing, and it's Geno Smith. Everybody knows Chris Carson is not playing. He's still on injured reserve. Okay, there's a question mark whether Alex Collins is playing or is it Rashad Penny. But two humongous injuries you know about, that's not hidden. So the line probably accounts for that. So what we look at is the hidden advantages that you don't see. Do people really know the depth issues at linebacker and for the Jets? Maybe, maybe you knew, but this is an easy reference point for you. That's sort of the, uh, the idea. And as I look at it, uh, at discuss it, I'm not even worried about um, what the, uh, the record is per se. We've, we've been with OutKick picking five games on Sunday. The reason why we say Sunday is on a Monday or Tuesday, you don't want to be forced into a wager uh, or a suggestion because, you know, it's just one game. When it's five, it, it mimics the Circa and the Westgate contest a little bit, and we do it with the, with the Saturday night lines when we publish the, the, uh, the, the picks. And, Thomas, you're a better. I'm not. I'm in California. I don't even put any money on this. I get more satisfaction. Let's look at this week. It's not about being four and one to me. It's about being on the right side, okay? If we look at our five main picks. First one uh, that we picked, we said the Bengals rode underdogs. And look, I didn't say take the money line, just said they're the healthier side. Not only did they win outright, they crushed, right? So that's clearly putting you on the right side of it. Uh, and, uh, you know, and if you already liked the Bengals and you saw what we said, maybe you double up, triple up in your units, whatever your, your, your methodology is. The next one that we thought was pretty solid was the Patriots versus Jets over. We talked about it. It was an easy over. It, was, it almost got there in the first half. Didn't quite get there. The, the, the Panthers and the, and the uh, Giants was an under game based on six score and field views. It was a baseball score at halftime, five to three, right? I mean, I mean, look, uh, nothing's a lock, but we clearly were on the right side of that, uh, finishing up that game 25 to three, right? That was pretty easy there. Uh, the fourth game was uh, Packers versus Washington football team. And yeah, that covered and it was fairly comfortable, but it wasn't, I mean, we were exposed to a last drive backdoor cover from, from Washington football team. So I'm less happy about that one. The first ones were just easy. You could turn the game off easy. The, the fourth one, you know, you had to make sure they didn't get a backdoor there, but you were on the right side. So I'm less happy about that one. And the fifth one, I'd say, you know, we were wrong. I mean, the Detroit, whatever it was, turnovers or onside kick scheme, the bottom line is the Rams were the healthier side. And yes, we were worried about a very big number that they were laying. 
And, you know, Detroit altered the game script, but we'll take that. To me, it's not about the 4-1 and one, one record. It's about we're easy lock on the correct side. I call them strongly on the, on the correct side on three of them, somewhat on the correct side on the fourth one, and we'll take on the wrong side on the fifth one, right? So to me, uh, the key is to identify the easy ones. And look, in a given week, there's going to be coin flips. I mean, this is not perfect. It's it's wagering and, and picking the, as I always say, the ball's not round. But use what we do at profootballdoc.com as a tool to help you make better decisions. That's why we're not trying to be a tout. Yeah, we play this little game uh, on outkick, et cetera. And last year, the record was 50, 30, and 5 against the spread. And so far this year, I think we're at now 23 and 12 through the seven weeks. Well, Doc, I'm looking forward to the picks this week. You know, and as for me, the, you know, our top pick was the Bengals. A lot of people on the Ravens this week, Doc. There were a lot of people on the Ravens. But I, when I looked at the field view, I saw some of the mismatches that I liked. Uh, so, you know, again, that's how you can use it. As Doc said, we're not telling you to pick these games. We're telling you, here's the healthier team. You do the homework now and decide if you want to bet it, how much you want to bet it. But last two years, Doc, the record speaks for itself. So uh, have you spent your uh, Bengals season win total money yet? No, I the, I got the over in the Bengals uh, six and a half and i also have jamar chase uh, to win rookie of the year i bet that back in may so the ba- the Bengals are going to be very good to the casali family this year <laughs> so uh, <laughs> looking forward to it but hey doc but you know the thing is is i i bet those things before i started working here and one of the things you said early on that i was encouraged that encouraged my bet was you said joe burrow's healthy but wait until you see joe burrow mid-season Right. Like uh, when you told me that, I was like, that's interesting because I always just think, is he healthy? You're saying, no, he's healthy now. But wait till you well, see week nine and, 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 10, 11. And, and, and before we close this week, week the, for the week seven game was the first time that we made Joe Burrow green on the field view. Prior to that, he was always yellow, then green, yellow, and his sixth score was a little bit depressed as he was getting back into it. And, uh, you know, I love that uh, Twitter handle. What was it the freezing cold takes, old takes exposed? I mean, uh, they're probably running things about, uh, you know, when uh, certain pundits were saying Joe Burrow uh, should take the 2021 season off because of that tremendous in- injury and all that uh, other stuff. And look, we're about hitting the midpoint. This was the first week he was green. Also, for the Sunday night game, this was that. This was the first week, week seven looking backwards, that we made Carson Wentz green mm-hmm. after his preseason foot injury and then both ankles. And uh, he had a nice outing in the in the wet weather, uh, et cetera. So both Wentz and Burrow are now green. And so that, that means their six scores are up in the 90s now. Uh, for, and that's for the first time this season. All right, Doc, great stuff as always. And remember, everyone, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Doc puts out multiple videos every week on the breaking injury news. Follow us at ProFootballDoc on Twitter. And make sure you go to ProFootballDoc.com for all the injury information, latest updates. Doc, we're halfway there. I'll see you next week for Week 9.